Welcome to another episode of On the Record, OTR, the internal podcast series of Axel Springer. Um, today, we welcome Sebastian Detmers, CEO of StepStone, to the program. Welcome. Thank you, Adam, for having me. Uh, it's it's great to have you. It's it's always great to also sort of show the diversity of our uh, management um, and uh, talk about different businesses. Um, recently, we talked to Goli from Politico, and it's great to have you um, here now to talk about our job classifieds business. Um, you've been CEO of um, StepStone since 2020. Um, talk a little bit about how StepStone is doing as of today. How was 2022? How's the business? So what I can say, I think the last years have been a roller coaster ride. Uh, 2020, I started the job, and then we all remember um, the Corona pandemic, the COVID pandemic hit us, and uh, business obviously went down. So 2020 was not an exceptionally good year. But then 2021, we recovered um, very strongly, and 2022 has also been a pretty strong year. So based on the low point in 2020, we almost doubled our revenues, hit obviously a record year in 2022. So that's re really good. Um, I think there's always two stories to that. The first half year was super strong. Then obviously we were, were seeing uh, some of the effects of the one, the Ukraine, increasing inflation, um, uh, increasing interest rates and all of that. But labor markets remain enormously robust. I did not expect that, but um, they're very robust. And now I think we're conservatively optimistic with respect to 2023. So how does that, you know, what does that mean for the IPO? We've heard Matthias talk on this program, you know, several times already about a sort of, you know, medium term outlook that there might be an IPO. When will we see it actually happen? So first, I think Matthias is a very good source. So he represents um, our shareholder. And, um, you know, an IPO is, uh, is obviously something that um, is uh, discussed with shareholders and the business. So what I answer typically when I get asked this question is, obviously, we're considering all options. The IPO is on the table. Matthias made that very clear. But we're not rushing it. Um, we see that we um, are doing good. We have done good the last years. We're doing good in 2023. We are extremely optimistic with respect back to the markets in which we operate. We will talk about the great people shortage from which we benefit. So I think um, we're well positioned. Um, so when an IPO happens, I think this is super attractive. But right now, um, I can only say um, we're constantly considering all options, IPO being one of them. So talk to us about um, the recruiting business in the digital space, especially. I mean, today, StepStone has sort of become one of the biggest, largest tech companies in Europe. I mean, that's the, and that's sort of in a, in a business that um, is, you know, very, you know, specified. It's, you know, it's all about recruiting. Um, you offer a service, a market platform. What makes StepStone unique and the recruiting market or the recruiting business um, in and of itself? So I think um, digital recruiting has long been almost under the surface. Uh, when I talked at conferences, it was not the big topic like fintech, um, uh, blockchain, you know, all these fancy yeah. topics. 
But it has become that. And it has become that because of, again, the great people shortage. Every business is now suffering from um, struggling, attracting the right candidates, um, enough candidates, enough people. Um, and uh, we're benefiting from that. And one question um, I also get asked very often is, where have all the people gone? Where have all the qualified um, talent gone? And um, we're benefiting from that because it's our mission to help companies to hire the right talent. This is how we earn money. Um, so I think that's um, really, really good um, in terms of how we are seen as an industry, how we are seen as a business. And then I think the second big trend which we see in our industry is um, a massive disruption of the technology we're working with. So in the past, this um, jobs business has been a highly transactional business. We operated a platform with jobs and you were browsing through the jobs, search was important, and then you clicked on the job and applied at an employer. And this was already happening, not on our side. And now with um, technologies, I mean, we're all talking about ChatGPT, but um, more broadly, conversational AI um, is opening an enormous opportunity for us to interact with our users, users, understand them better in what they're searching for, who they are, what interests they have, but also facilitate the conversation between job seekers and companies. And this has been probably one of the biggest obstacles that job seekers were facing in the past, that when they applied for a job, they didn't hear anything back in average for four weeks. So it has been a black box. And again, all these technologies help us to match better to interact uh, more efficiently with our users and in a more human form, but also to facilitate the conversation and the interactions between uh, recruiters and job seekers. So I think um, enormous opportunities, we see that um, in, for example, the way how uh, we attract talent. Um, we um, were able in the past couple of months and years to hire um, interesting people from data science, um, astrophysics, who are thrilled by the opportunity to work on one, what I think, one of the most complex data challenges. And again, this is matching people with jobs, you can say, or people with people, because at the end, people are working together with people. And then on the other side, we're serving one of 60,000 businesses across the globe from very large enterprises to very small mom and pop shops. So I think also from a sales service and marketing perspective, we have become a very attractive employer. And we see that um, I think many of um, uh, the listeners to this podcast have heard that, that we have recently been um, elected as the second most popular employer in the digital space in Germany. That really makes us very proud. Uh, you know, and rightfully so. You you mentioned data, and it, I'm just very interested in understanding because obviously, you know, digital business has always, you know, um, influenced and one of the main drivers of digital businesses is data. What role does transparency play? I mean, you we, we are going to talk about the great people shortage, um, but just in general for both sides of the equation, for the employers and for the employees. You know, it seems from the outside that this transparency that data in a digital platform gives you really changes the game of recruiting fundamentally. Is that, you know, the short of it, the short answer for why StepStone has been so successful? 
Totally. If you think again of um, a labor market, one of the big markets that drives an economy next to goods markets and capital markets, for example, then I think in goods markets and capital markets, you have um, high availability of information, of data. And this is why transaction happens so efficiently. Not so in the labor market. So um, um, a CV, people have kept it secretly in the past. Obviously, they have the profile on social networks, but the CV is something that they keep secret. Um, then recruiters are not sharing all information. They share a job ad, but very often, for example, they haven't shared the salary. And this was something which the candidate only got to know at the very end of an application process. And maybe it turns out this um, that the job is not attractive because of the low salary. So again, this is changing massively. Um, um, it, it changes massively because we access data uh, in a very different form as we did in the past. So today, for example, we register, take Germany, uh, we register more users than uh, business networks, so Xing in Germany or LinkedIn per month. Um, uh, and by that, obviously, we're learning a lot about the users' explicit data, so data that they're sharing explicitly with us, but also behavioral data, what they do on our site, what jobs they're interested in and how they're interacting with those jobs. So that's very important. And then on the recruiter side, take salary information. Now we predict salary um, salaries for every single job that gets posted on our site. And we receive also for an increasing share of jobs, the real salary information. And that puts, again, job seekers in the, in the position to not only consider the job and the requirements and whether they match um, that, but also whether it is an attractive job from a salary perspective. So yes, it's massively changing the game um, in terms of how we compute data and do matches, but also in how people make choices when it comes to the right job. And how do you want to expand the business? So first, um, obviously, there's a lot of talk constantly in our organization about um, expanding the business model. I think we are uh, super well positioned in what we do right now, coming back to our mission, helping companies to hire the right talent. One of, I think, one of, one of the most challenging tasks that businesses, that CEOs have today to um, work on their talent supply chain and make sure that the business has the right talent, has enough talent in their organization. And uh, we just want to become better in that. We see enormous opportunities in expanding to new customers, uh, customer groups, um, into new industries in which we haven't been very strong, but also to work closer with our customers in getting all their jobs, not just, let's say, the white color jobs, but every single job, blue color jobs, um, intern jobs, etc. So this is an opportunity. And then also, we are um, already taking the business international. Um, we haven't been in the US prior to 2019. Now it is the um, second uh, biggest market in our portfolio. And uh, we um, think this is a super attractive market. It's the largest economy. It has extremely low unemployment rates, um, high productivity. So it has all the ingredients to be a very attractive digital recruitment market. So... You know, you, you talked about this a couple of times already in your answers. Let's talk specifically about it. The great people shortage or, you know, it's in German, it's one of those famous uh, compound words, Arbeiterlosigkeit. And uh, you published a book on it. And it, you know, in the social media era, you would say it went viral. Uh, you've been uh, invited to talk shows. Um, the media has really picked up on, on the notion um, Talk to our listeners about the idea behind uh, your book. So um, there's one thing, obviously, we're dealing with as a business for many, many years, and that is the supply of people in a labor market. And probably this is one of 
the best predicted trends, or you could also say one of the best predicted crises, which we're facing today, and that is that um, the global population will continue to grow for a little bit, but when then will start to decline. And we're already seeing that the EU has started to decline in 2021. China's population started to decline in 2022. So that's one big trend. And you might say, or you might think of it as um, a temporary trend, something that will reverse. But my answer is, um, this trend is so substantial because it is um, um, caused by too low fertility rates, which we have seen already since some decades and which have come down for many, many decades as a result of increasing living standards, as a result of progress, as a result at the end of the Industrial um, Revolution. So we are at a turning point where um, businesses, entire economies cannot grow anymore because they are benefiting from an increasing population or more importantly, from an increasing working population. But rather in contrast, they need to ask themselves, how can you grow a business? How can you grow an economy if you're, if you're not having more people of working age, but less? And um, that sheds a light, obviously, on recruiting, that sheds a light on um, the war for talent or the war for people. But it also sheds a light on productivity and how can we as a business grow um, our revenues with an underproportional growth of people? How can we as an economy grow assuming that in the future the population won't grow anymore. So um, to give you an idea of the magnitude of the problems, we talked about China, which start, just started to decline. Predictions say that China, based on current fertility rates and outlooks on migration, etc., will lose half of its population until the end of the century. So today it's 1.4 billion people, and this will drop to 700 million um, people in China. And even worse is the working population, so people in the age of 18 to 65, that will drop um, by 62%, so almost two thirds. A massive challenge for the Chinese economy. We might think that China is an isolated case, and this has something to do with the one-child policy, and probably we don't have the time to go into that, but it hasn't. Again, it's a fact or a result of increasing living standards, but we see the same thing in Europe. Italy will lose half of its population in Spain, Portugal, Greece, um, Poland, Romania, Bulgaria, so all the Eastern European countries will lose 60% of the population until the, or the end of the century. So again, a massive disruption in how we should think about labor markets and how we should think about uh, recruiting. But isn't the sort of short-term macroeconomic empirical data showing almost sort of the contrary? We're seeing, you know, a lot of um, reports of, you know, especially in the tech industry, massive layoffs. Um, uh, isn't, isn't that sort of contrary? To, I, I understand the general principle that you're explaining, which is very long-term. In the near term, though... Is this great people shortage going to, you know, still hold merit over the next one to three years as we go through this sort of difficult time coming out of the pandemic? No. Um, so if you look into the U.S., where I think uh, we've seen the most prominent layoffs, um, especially amongst tech businesses, then unemployment rate is still at a historical low. We do not see statistically a significant increase in layoffs. What we have seen, though, is because of the uncertainty that people 
change jobs a bit less frequently than they did before. So voluntary quits have come down just slightly, but layoffs haven't significantly increased. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting because usually when economies, when businesses face a recession, and it seems like this is off the table, but in December, November, we were predicting a recession in 2023, then they typically lay off people. We're not seeing that. And this is a phenomenon we call labor hoarding. So despite the fact that businesses expect a recession, they're not uh, laying off people at massive scale. Why? Because they have seen what happens if they do. Back in 2020, we've seen that in uh, the travel industry, we've seen that in hospitality restaurants, that it's super hard then to rehire all those people which you might have lost in in a short-term recession. So I'd argue that um, 2023 is very special in what we're seeing. And I think it's a first result of the fact that now we are entering, um, I'd say, a century of the great people shortage. It's very interesting. We could probably go on for, for hours uh, and we've had you know bilateral conversations about this, but let, um, let us come to the end with one specific question um, that we want to introduce on a more regular basis in this format, um, which is... You know, you get around in your job uh, a lot. Um, you meet a lot of people. Um, you are you attend a lot of conferences, stand on stage a lot. Um, what inspired you most over the last week? The last week or weeks? Well, you know, you can you can choose. It's not an established format yet. <laughs> no, okay, great. So if I just look at the last week, uh, we met with our EMEA leadership team. So that's the team that leads all the businesses in, uh, in, in Europe. Uh, it's the largest part of our business. And I was impressed not only by the skills um, and uh, the qualification of the people that we have there, but their dedication on our mission and their dedication to not only drive the business forward, not only think about how we can we grow the business, but to truly think of how can we change labor market to allow people to more easily find jobs, obviously, to allow businesses to hire talent more efficiently. And then at the end, obviously, also to support our business in not only growing how we have grown in the past, but to even make better use of the trends that we've just discussed. But, you know, we are not a business that relies on big factories. We don't have that many patents. Our brands, I, I think it, our brand in Germany is strong, but in some countries not that strong. So ultimately, it's the people at Stepstone that drive the business. And meeting uh, this leadership team for three days uh, provided me with so much energy and confidence that with this team, whatever happens on a short term, we will achieve our mission. So that was probably making my last week. And let's see what this break brings. Maybe it's this podcast here. <laughs> um, Sebastian, thank you so much for uh, for being here. And uh, we welcome you back anytime uh, as you go through 2023 and uh, um, to discuss macro topics, but as well um, how StepStone is handling this environment in which we operate. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Adam.